The prophet Isaiah lived at a rather dark time in his nation's history. And the fact was, it was going to become darker and darker for his people. He wasn't given a real hopeful vision for his time. Actually, the vision that he was given was quite depressing. When Isaiah was called in chapter 6, God effectively told him that his mission was to preach the people of Judah to hell. At least, that's how 17th century commentator John Trapp interpreted Isaiah's call. When God commissioned Isaiah, Isaiah's question to God was, how long do I have to do this? And God's response was rather despairing. God said, until the cities are laid waste and without inhabitant, the houses are without a man, the land is utterly desolate, and the Lord has removed men far away, and the forsaken places are many in the midst of the land. Isaiah, your mission, should you choose to accept it, is rather bleak. It is almost hopeless. The land will be destroyed and desolate. Only a remnant will return. The promise of a remnant was like a very small silver lining. Very small. So much so was it a silver lining, though, that Isaiah named his firstborn son Sherar Yashuv, which literally means a remnant shall return. It was as if every time he looked at his son, he was reminded there will be a remnant. It will not be utterly lost. But the outlook was still awfully bleak and almost hopeless. But then God speaks into the seemingly hopeless darkness in Isaiah chapter 9, and he says this, Nevertheless, that time of darkness and despair will not go on forever. The land will be humble, but there will be a time in the future when the land will be filled with glory. The people who walk in darkness have seen a great light. For those who live in the land of deep darkness, a light will shine. Isaiah in chapter 9 foresees a light shining in the darkness, which will bring exceedingly great joy, like the joy of victory in battle or the joy of an abundant harvest, greater than the joy that you might get if you were given a huge year-end bonus. And what will be the source of this great joy? In reality, when you read Isaiah chapter 9, it's not a what, but it is a who. The answer to the question, from whence cometh this great joy, is found in Isaiah chapter 9, verses 6 and 7, two of the more well-known verses of the book of Isaiah. You've probably come across these verses on a Christmas card or two. There we read, For unto us a child is born, and unto us a son is given. The government will be upon his shoulder, and his name will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end. Upon the throne of David and over his kingdom to order and establish it with judgment and justice from this time forward and forevermore. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. I've talked to a lot of people in the last several months that are burdened and anxious over the things that are happening in our nation and in the world, and understandably so. We do live in a broken and fallen world, and sometimes the brokenness seems greater than at other times, or at least from time to time, the effects of the brokenness affect us more than at other times. 2020 and 2021 have been a time like that for a lot of people, and the outlook seems bleak, probably not as bleak as it was at the time of Isaiah for the people of Judah 2,800 years ago, but Relatively speaking, people are lacking in optimism and hope. It is at times like these that we remember that our ultimate joy is not in the moment, but in the future. 
Of all people, those who believe in God should have an ultimately optimistic vision of the future. The wonderful counselor, the mighty God, the everlasting father, the prince of peace, the one whose rule will be forever and ever. His kingdom will be ruled with righteousness. It will be a kingdom in which there will be no more death, nor sorrow, nor crying, nor pain. That is the future for those who believe in and trust in God. So a bit of a reminder, your hope and your joy are not dependent upon the things of this world. If they are, you will always be lacking in joy and hope. In fact, if you are lacking in joy and hope, it might be an indication that your focus is in the wrong place. The Apostle Paul wrote in the book of Colossians chapter 3, set your mind on things above, not on the things of the earth. For you died and your life is hidden with Christ and God. And when Christ, who is our life, appears, then you will also appear with him in glory. Something to think about. We'll see you next time. Thank you.